Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. Today, we are going to talk about a survey question that we got, and it is kind of more like a statement, I guess, as I'm reading it now, (laughs) but um, the person basically was wondering about how you can find the right balance between explaining your reasons to a client um, to avoid over-educating them to the point where it really overwhelms them. And we have also actually had some questions about just educating the client on how to give useful feedback. I've seen a couple of those in the Facebook group. And it's really important to educate your clients to a certain extent, but to make sure you're not justifying yourself or your designs, like our survey question said, you know, you don't want to overwhelm them either. So in today's episode, we are going to cover both why it's important to educate your clients, just in case there are a few of you out there who are like, I have no idea what this even means. (laughs) And then a few different ways that you can go about doing exactly that. I think this is a great topic because I think as just designers and developers in general, it is really easy to either, you know, not do enough education and leave them wondering what the heck's going on and they don't like your designs because they don't understand them. But it's just as just as easy to over-educate and then, like you said, you're justifying yourself when you shouldn't be. You might be sounding defensive. You're giving them way too much information. Like, it's a crazy balance that you kind of have to strike. Um, So I'm definitely excited to hear what you have to say today. I think it's going to be really useful. Yeah, I feel like there's a very thin line that you can cross when it's like you're educating but justifying yourself or just flat out, like you said, you're just giving them more information than they probably even care about. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really excited to kind of dive into this too. So let's go on ahead and get started talking about just why it's important to educate your clients. The first main reason um, I would say is that it shows you are an expert. And this is really important when you are asking people to invest maybe thousands of dollars in working with you. Your client obviously knows that you know what you're doing, but when you are taking the time to really educate them, this really comes through. It really shows that you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing 
even more that you're an expert when you're taking the time to explain things to them will make your clients and even potential clients feel so much more confident and comfortable during your process, which I think is a really important reason to take that extra time to kind of explain even just your overall process to potential clients, don't you think? Yeah, I think I think educating around everything can, like you said, help them feel more confident, but also help them feel more like they're part of the process. And because of that, like the final outcome better and be more likely to like what you show them and just feel better about everything in general when you're done because they felt like they were a part of it. Even if they didn't do anything, you're just telling them what you did, basically. Yeah, and just kind of thinking about it, I think if they can understand what you're doing, like why are you creating a mood board for a branding project? Mm -hmm. That can really help them understand and have more respect for what you're creating too. And I think that can turn around and make them less likely to want to change their design in like two or three months after the project. Mm -hmm. I think the mood board is a really good example there because there are probably a lot of clients who think that's just a total waste of time in general. So yeah, even big steps of your process that seem like super, what word am I looking for here? Um, Super obvious to us. Yes, thank you. Super (laughs) obvious. Why was that hard? Even the parts of your process that seem really obvious to you, a lot of clients are going to have no idea. So even just giving them the basics of what each step is all about is a huge thing you can do for this education piece. Definitely. And just kind of going along with that, when you are educating your clients on little steps like that or even big steps, it can really lead to your client trusting and respecting you more, like I was saying. Um, I think this most of the time can even lead to less revisions depending on how much the client actually trusts you or how specific of a design they had in mind when they came to you in the first place. Because if they're coming to you for a website that's going to help them book more clients and they trust you and, you know, respect your experience and just your expertise in general, then they are probably going to ask for less revisions once you are actually presenting that website design to them. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. So the next reason I think it's really important to educate your design clients is that it helps your client actually understand the design industry better. And this may seem like, you know, I'm the designer. Why does it matter what my client understands about the design industry? But it's important to remember that our clients don't know the design field like we do. So even you, Krista, don't really know design the same way I do. Nope. Never will claim to either. (laughs) (laughs) So your clients don't understand industry jargon, which I'm going to talk about um, a little bit more in a minute. And they may not realize that there are certain reasons that you do things a specific way. So one example of this is, I know I see a lot of newbie designers um, and clients get confused about why you use smaller type in print materials than what you use online. Mm -hmm. And it's because, well, 12 and 20 pixels of text shows up humongous when you print them out and on the internet they may look tiny you know Mm -hmm. so 
your clients might not understand those kind of things. And that's why it's important to help them understand, you know, what you're doing better. So it is important to keep in mind that um, as long as you're not over explaining things and as long as you're not explaining things in a mean like condescending way they're going to appreciate that you took the time to help them understand the project and even just the industry in general better and I think this can help clients again feel more confident and comfortable asking you questions because if you are you know, being condescending because you think your client should know better about yellow is not going to show up in print very well, then they're going to feel uncomfortable and not want to ask you questions. Yep. Yeah, I'm thinking that things like that, things that could come off as you being condescending or over teaching or anything like that, those kinds of things might even be better. Maybe you'll get into this, I don't know, to like record a quick audio message or video or something so they can hear like, you're happy, you're just telling them this thing, um, as opposed to through writing an email where it could, it could put them off. And I mean, you could use tons of smiley faces, but, but still those kinds, you have to be careful with those kinds of things for sure. Yeah, you definitely have to be careful regardless of what you're explaining to make sure that you're not Mm -hmm. being mean about it. But um, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more in a few minutes. So just the last main reason, and I think this is um, probably one of the most important ones when you're thinking about working with clients as to why you would educate your design clients would just be that it leads to an overall better collaboration on the project. So I have in my notes that your client is going to get on board when you present the work. If they understand how you work and a little bit of the rationale of why you did certain things, they're going to, like you said, get on board, understand, and be more excited about the process Mm -hmm. as well. Yep, exactly. And they're going to be less likely to make suggestions for changes that make no sense at all. Exactly. And then also when you take the time to really educate them, it can help you get the type of feedback that you want. And that's actually really helpful, which I'm going to talk about too in a minute, because I think it's that kind of education that a lot of people forget to do. And then it makes the collaboration between the designer and the client really difficult just because the client doesn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely agree. So now that you kind of know why it's important to educate your clients, let's move on to how you can actually start doing that. Um, The first way is obviously to just try to remove industry jargon from your vocabulary. Um, You have to stop speaking to your clients using words that you understand, but only designers understand. And you may think this is kind of silly, but there are a lot of words we use in terms of design or websites even that our clients don't know or understand. And a perfect example of this is I used to have clients ask me all the time what I meant by the word navigation. Mm-hmm. I've had that one too. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought everyone <laughs> knew n- navigation Same. means the menu. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I've had that one too. Yeah, so you just have to keep in mind that, you know, they are coming to you. You're the expert. You know these things, but they don't. And I have to kind of throw in a quick Michael Scott reference here. There's one episode where... Oscar is talking about a surplus, and Michael says, explain it to me like I'm five. And sometimes that's what you have to do. So take a moment when you're kind of writing things out, maybe your website copy, your emails, just anything, and kind of ask yourself, you know, do they really understand from what I'm saying here what I mean. Will they know what this word means in terms of just design in general or specific things that I'm going to give them on their website? And again, we kind of talked about this already, but it's important to be clear yet not condescending. So when you're talking to a five-year-old, you're trying not to talk down to them because they they honestly don't know any better. So just try to be really clear and make it as simple as possible. And another quick point is if your spouse or a friend outside the industry wouldn't understand, then your client might not either. I like that. So just lastly, let them know that you're happy to explain something if it's confusing. Because sometimes, going back to what we said earlier, if you are kind of, not necessarily even if you're being condescending, but sometimes clients can feel uncomfortable or scared or just like they don't want to look stupid if they ask a question. So it's important to keep that door open and let them know that you can explain anything if it's coming off in a really confusing way for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good point. Like, and just to always keep that door open so so they're comfortable um, reaching out to you. But something I was thinking of when you were talking about keeping it simple, explaining it like they're five. Um, something my designer did that I thought was really cool is when she was sending me all the onboarding material for our project, she actually sent me a diagram of a website with what all the sections were called. So she had like header menu slash navigation, sidebar, things like that. So if you do find that there's something that people are getting hung up on over and over, or it's something that's so simple that you can make a reference really quickly like that, how awesome of an idea is that to just have it and include it as part of your process so you can totally avoid these problems altogether? That is a really good and unique idea. I had never thought about that. It's kind of like a visual dictionary (laughs) for her website. it was really awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought it was smart. So, and just kind of to go into that, you know whether or not you need something like that. If you're working yeah. with, you know, high-end businesses who have been online for a while, they probably know what those words mean. But if you're working with new business owners or bloggers or whatever it is, and you're getting a lot of questions consistently, then I definitely recommend to take the time and create something like that. Mm-hmm. Another way you can educate your clients is to literally just explain your process before booking the project and explain your rationale during the project. So before you book, it's important to explain what you are doing. I think say this on your website or in an intro packet, whatever it is, because it can help the project to go more smoothly for you and your client. 
Um, you can also include these things in your discovery call. So I like to do this if I think the client has never worked with a designer before, or maybe they aren't familiar with the way I work. I will go through and kind of explain briefly the steps that I take in the process so they can know what to expect and just be aware of the way that I'm working. And this goes back to all of the other points we've been making. It's gonna make your clients so much more confident in working with you. And I actually think it can even lead to less questions during the project because they know what you're doing. They know what to expect, you know, once you're done with the logo design, they know what to what's coming next. So it can kind of ease things over while you're working with the client. Yeah, and you don't have to overcomplicate this piece either. Like I'm picturing like a single page in an intro or welcome packet where you just have each step listed out one or two sentences after it so they always have it to reference back to and look at and you're done. Like you don't have to waste a whole bunch of time coming up with something. You don't have to spend an hour explaining it to them. It can be something that's kept nice and simple. But I do like the idea of having it like in an intro packet and explaining it on a call just to kind of give them that, you know, the chance to ask questions in the call, but also the place they can look back and reference easy in in a packet. Of Definitely. Some sort. And not only that, but let's be honest, some of our clients are probably not reading any of this stuff that we're sending yeah. to them before we book the project. So kind of going over it on the call makes sure that even if you have it on your website or in your intro packet, they are actually aware of what's going on. Mm, that's a good point. <laughs> so then to kind of move to during the project, to a certain extent, as our survey question asker, to put it in the most complicated <laughs> way ever, pointed out, it's good to explain your rationale for certain decisions. However, there are a few things I want to say about this. Sometimes less is more. So if you know and you will, if your client really trusts your decisions and they aren't asking you, you know, why are you doing this? Why did you pick this color? Why is this located here in the logo or whatever? Then you shouldn't necessarily feel as bothered to explain every single decision, both big and small, to them. I think instead it can be beneficial to explain the big things that will affect their brand and that relate to their goals, kind of like what you were talking about, you know, record a video or send some audio with your stuff when you're presenting it, but feel confident in what you're doing the rest of the time. Yes, that's such an important point because I do think we tend to over explain when we're not feeling totally confident. And I actually experienced this less is more thing, I think it was last week. There's a client, I have a client with a, uh, like a course site um, that I was going to help out with some SEO stuff because she had a search engine. Um, oh, come on now. It's, I'm just totally blanking on all words today. Basically, search engines couldn't index her site because she had that setting turned off because she didn't want her course material to be indexed. Um, so I did some research, found the best option, and started typing out this ridiculous email trying to explain why one option I found wasn't that good and what all steps that would include and why this next one was good and what all that would include. And I read back over it. I'm like, she is going to have 5,000 questions about what half of this means. So I deleted it all, said, here's what I think we should do, and sent it. And 
they hire us because they think we're the experts. So they don't need those big complicated explanations that we sometimes try to give them. So yes, less is more, especially when you've already established yourself to them as knowing what you're doing. Yeah, I think you just made an excellent point. And I think that goes back to overwhelming and over-educating mm-hmm. the client. So in that situation and in a lot of the situations we can find ourselves in, it's important to remember, like you just said, they are coming to us because we are the expert. They don't want to spend 45 minutes on Google trying to figure out all of the different options they have and which would be the right one for them, they are coming to us and they trust us to kind of give them the best option and go from there. And I bet that that client was like, yep, that sounds great. Let's do it. Exactly. Yeah, she sure did. (laughs) So the other thing to keep in mind here during your project is to be the expert. Now, if your client is asking why you did all these things in your design, or maybe they are requesting a change that you just do not agree with, remember that you are the expert. So I like to say that in just a few short paragraphs, you can explain without a ton of industry jargon why you did what you did, how it affects their brand or relates to their goals to kind of explain and educate your rationale, your decisions to your client without beating them dead with too much information about, here is what I learned about the color blue while I was in design school and this is why I wanted to put it in this location on your website. Friends, that is way too much information from them. They don't need to know all that. So just be clear and concise in a few, you know, short paragraphs. And remember overall that you know what you're doing. So if you can explain it a little bit, a lot of the times the client will fully understand and they'll back off. Unfortunately, though, sometimes we have the clients who don't back off, but that is a different podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is one that we probably shouldn't record. (laughs) You started your own design business. Yay! The creative side of your business, the side where you get to spend your days designing, rocks. But everything else, not so much. Maybe your days are starting to run you and you found yourself not doing nearly as much design work as you'd like to be. Instead, you're trying to stay afloat under an ever-growing to-do list of invoicing, sending contracts, staying organized, scheduling projects, and so much more. You're making money, but you know if you could just get your business more organized and create a better client experience, then it'll be easier to raise your rates and make running your own design business more enjoyable for you. If you're ready to ditch all of that overwhelm and get back to loving what you do and even looking forward to getting to work in the morning, head to getbacktodesign.co slash coaching and learn about how we can work together one-on-one to streamline and grow your business so you can get back to design. So the last way that I think you can educate your clients is to just be specific about what you're asking for. And this really applies to getting feedback. 
So I know a lot of other designers struggle to figure out how to get the feedback um, that they need from their clients. And a lot of clients struggle to figure out what to tell their designer in terms of feedback. And sometimes they just don't know what to focus on. So make sure you guide your client by being specific about what you need. Obviously, you can open the door and let them know that, hey, it's important to provide honest and specific feedback as well as your reason why for why you're asking certain things. But um, it's also okay to remind them that outsourcing their feedback can make their brand watered down. I think when you are asking for feedback, be it for their website or their actual brand, it is important to remind them of these things. But it boils down to just being specific about what you need feedback on when you are presenting your work to them. So a really good example of this is when I send mood boards, I let my clients know, you know, I've included a variety of things on here. Photographs is one of those things, but I am looking for feedback on the specific design elements and a little bit on the color as well. And then I remind them, you know, the photography is here to really help set the overall vibe for your brand and where you want to go. So unless it feels way off, let's avoid getting too caught up in those elements and focus on the design. So this helps me get feedback on the most important things and not a bunch of useless feedback that won't help me or the process. I love that point. And I think a lot of people tend to say things like, Here's, here's the mood board, let me know what you think, and that's it. Like you're just asking for feedback you don't want to hear and the totally wrong kind of feedback. So I love that you get so specific with it and even tell them what we're not focusing on. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think people do that with everything. At least the majority of designers do that with everything they present to their client. They don't really know how to ask for the right kind of feedback. So it's just like, okay, here, this, here are these things that I created for you. Just let me know what you think. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of feel really frustrated when they're getting, you know, feedback on the wrong things or their client says, I asked my mom, husband, best friend, dentist, and person that was greeting me at Walmart what they thought, and here are the collection of feedback that I got from everyone. <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it makes me feel too. <laughs> but if you find it hard to address, you know, those kind of feedback guidelines, asking them, to be specific while you are being specific about what you're asking them, I think it's a good idea to create like a one-page PDF of feedback guidelines. And I remember um, another designer who I saw, she used to do this. I don't know if she still does, so I don't want to mention her here just in case she doesn't do that anymore. Um, but I know that some designers do this and you can send it over at the beginning of the project to help set the right tone from the beginning. So they know right away what you will find really helpful and what is not going to benefit the project. 
I like that idea. And that's something where you could even resend it every time you're asking for feedback. So attach it to that email every time or, you know, have it in as an attachment in Asana every time you assign them something with feedback just as like a reminder because they might not remember at the beginning of the project, but they'll remember if you send it over every single time too. Well, hopefully I can't guarantee that. <laughs> they probably won't, but you get a better chance. Definitely. So just to kind of recap here, educating your clients is really important because it can make the project just a whole lot more smooth for both you and your client. The key is to be clear and concise throughout the project. Remember, you are the expert, but also make sure you're not over-explaining things like you pointed out that you found yourself doing, Krista, um, to the point of where you might be overwhelming your client. So the action steps for this episode. First, try to remove industry jargon from your vocabulary. So if you are not sure, you know, if you are using any jargon, try talking to your spouse, a parent, a best friend who is outside the industry about, you know, the kind of work that you've been doing that day. And if they're like, wait a second, I don't even know what a cPanel in hosting is, then your client is most definitely not going to understand that either. The second step is before hitting send on anything that you are going to send over to your client during the project to educate them, ask yourself, are you educating the client or are you just trying to justify yourself or maybe, you know, even am I just over explaining all of this way too much? And then lastly, when you're asking for feedback, make sure that you're being specific about what you need feedback on so you can get the best feedback from your client. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.